From May 23rd to 25th, the Human Rights Foundation's community reunited in Norway for the 2022 Oslo Freedom Forum at the Oslo Concerthus. Guests from all corners of the globe joined together to discuss the year's most pressing human rights issues and to brainstorm new ways to expand freedom worldwide. This year's theme, Champion of Change, represented a strong, scalable call to action for our community, inviting our audience to act and advocate on behalf of activists who are themselves champions and their causes. At the Oslo Freedom Forum, we realize that everyone has the potential to affect change, either as a champion on an individual level or as part of a larger movement. Welcome to Dissidents and Dictators, a series of conversations by the Human Rights Foundation dedicated to exposing and challenging authoritarianism around the world. This episode was recorded during the 2022 Oslo Freedom Forum, a global gathering of activists and dissidents united in standing up to tyranny. Since 2009, individuals have come from across the world to educate, share, and inspire at the Oslo Freedom Forum. You can watch this programming and more on the Oslo Freedom Forum YouTube or Facebook pages. Carolina Barrero has been a leading voice in the Cuban dissident art movement, challenging the communist regime's violent repression in recent years. In 2021, she was held under house arrest for months and was eventually forced to leave her country, suffering the same fate as thousands of young artists, intellectuals, and journalists for more than 60 years of totalitarianism. However, her dream of a free Cuba remains undeterred, and she continues to work from exile to make it a reality. I'm here to tell you the most unlikely story on how a crackdown on artists turned into the biggest peaceful protest movement in Cuba since 1959. On January 31st, I was with a group of mothers and activists in front of the Desde Octubre District Court in Havana. At the end of the hearing, as prisoners came out of the court building, police and state security agents violently detained and arrested us while we were shouting, Freedom, they are heroes. That night, while in prison, I was given an impossible choice leave Cuba, or otherwise the government would charge the mothers of the prisoners with public disorder. In other words, they would make the mothers pay for my activism. Massive trials were being conducted in Cuba since November 2021 to punish everyone involved in the protest of July. 33 people were on trial that day, six were minors under the age of 18. They were charged for sedition, a crime against state security punishable under the Cuban law with up to 30 years or even death penalty. Roland Castillo was one of those young protesters charged with sedition. He was only 17 years old when he was arrested. Roland is a wrestling champion that won several medals in Havana's competition. His dream is to be an Olympic champion for Cuba 
and to take care of his mom. Yet, he became a different kind of champion, along with many others, like Brandon David Becerra Curbelo and Jonathan Torres Farrat. Their dream for a democratic change in Cuba remains unbreakable despite the harassment and the threat of state security. I know now that because of them, Cuba will never be the same again. Almost a year ago, July 11th marked a departure from six decades of totalitarianism in Cuba. Hundreds of thousands of Cuba took to the streets spontaneously. No one made a call, no group organized the demonstrations. In fact, when we went to sleep the night before, no one could have imagined something like that would happen next day. What began as a small group of protesting, broadcasting a live Facebook video with their phones as they were walking around San Antonio de los Baños town, spread like wildfire. City after city, hundreds of thousands peacefully took to the street. Within two hours, the Cuban dictator, Miguel Díaz-Canel, publicly ordered a violent crackdown on the protesters and called on his supporters to take part with total legal immunity for their violence. Obviously, the government was terrified of its own people. But July 11th was not an isolated event. Cuba has been in a turmoil of protest since the spring of 2018, when Miguel Díaz-Canel was designated by Raúl Castro to be Cuba's next dictator. His first decision was his first big mistake. He passed a decree law basically legalizing censorship. Its goal was to control artists and to control artistic creation in Cuba and curtail free speech. This is how the cycle of protest was born. But artists were not prepared to back into the already limited freedoms they have. So they left the studios and gallery spaces and challenged, publicly challenged the government with street performances. Some of these artists, along with residents of San Isidro neighborhood, gathered together in September 2019 and created the San Isidro movement a grassroots reflection of the Cuban people. Today, two members of the group still remain in maximum security prisons. Its leader, Luis Manuel Otero Alcántara and Michael Castillo Perez, co-author of the song Patria y Vida, that became a national anthem for the protest movement. They prove courage is highly contagious. Movimiento San Isidro, relatable message of solidarity and defiance to the Cuban regime, drove many people to follow. A wind of freedom that Cubans haven't experienced in 63 years of dictatorship started swirling around the island. Two years later, the indignation over the regime's action broke the fear barrier when on the 27th of November 2020, almost 500 people gathered outside the Ministry of Culture demanding the end of repression against artists. A group of state security agents the night before 
they were disguised as doctors and broke in the headquarters of San Isidro movement. They brutally attacked a group hunger strike organized to denounce the illegal arrest of one of the group's members. That gathering outside the Ministry of Culture was the largest anti-government demonstration in front of any institution of a state since 1959. There were artists and intellectuals, but there were also engineers, architects, students, journalists, even housewives. As a result, a new group was founded, 27N. It manifesto states, political freedom is indispensable for the exercise of any human right, insofar as they are interdependent. There can be neither prosperity nor freedom to create in any sphere of society without political freedom. We demand that all persons who have been tried and condemned for expressing ideas contrary to the current political system be released. From that moment on, the struggle for artistic freedom turned into an open demand for all civic and political rights. Cubans no longer tolerated being mere subjects, but wanted to be free citizens. Our realization that freedom is possible, that we all felt collectively that day no repression can ever erase. The protest of July showed us that the myth of Fidel Castro's revolution has fallen, and that the Cuban regime is the weakest morally among its peers in Latin America. The real heroes who brought about this monumental change are the hundreds of Cubans imprisoned by the dictatorship. Their awe-inspiring display of people's power is a reminder that democracy is possible in Cuba. A stable, peaceful transition towards democracy in Cuba will have an immense effect in all of Latin America. In the global context of rising authoritarianism, we must stand together and resist. Let no one doubt on the immense transformative power of resistance. If tyrants are united, let them know that we, the democratic resistance all over the world, is united too.